reading from 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts and your ignorance, but as he who hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of life. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain manner of life, received perdition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, who raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing that ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, See that ye love one another with pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. <clears throat> For all flesh is like grass, and all the glory of man like the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and its flower falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow by it, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming is unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also a as living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore who believe, he is precious. But unto them who are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them who stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness, into his marvelous light, who in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Now I want you to notice verse 17, from which our text comes. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. <clears throat> For many years I have studied that verse of Scripture. It always it just caught my eye every time I read the book of 1 Peter. 
pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. And I tried to think through what in the world was the Holy Spirit saying to us through Simon Peter. Now Peter is the author of this book. The same Peter who was Andrew's brother, Andrew brought him to Jesus, said, I, we found the Messiah, the Christ. This is the same Peter that denied the Lord. The same Peter to whom Jesus said three times, lovest thou me more than these. The same Peter who impetuously said, now Lord, what about this other man? Talking about John, Jesus said, Peter, what is that to thee? You follow me. It's the same Peter who later became the great preacher, the rock. It's the same Peter who at the end of his life died as a martyr, crucified upside down. Now Peter is saying to those who are the followers of Christ, everyone in this room, pass the time of your sojourn here in fear. Now this reminds us, first of all, that we are pilgrims and sojourners. We're not settlers in this world. Now this is the point of conflict in many Christians' lives. There are lots of people who get saved and either they're not under the Word of God or they refuse to be under the Word of God or they don't take seriously the teaching of the Scripture and they have a hankering after the things of the world. And the world is just as important to them as ever it was. When the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. There are believers who can say, I'm saved, and yet when they come to church, they don't pay attention. They either go to sleep. Or they read. Or they can daydream just waiting for things to get over. Now those, that, that group of people are not going to pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. When you get out in the world, you're going to do what the world does. You're going to cuss and swear and tell dirty jokes, laugh at their dirty jokes. You're going to be like everybody else. And I would say one of the shames of Christian faith today is that many Christians do not live up to our privileges. We act like we're settlers here. We act like this world is our home. Beloved, our citizenship is in heaven. If you've been born again, you are born into the family of God. You're no longer a child of the world. You're no longer a child of the devil. You're no longer a child of wrath. You're God's child. And so Simon Peter says, if you call on the Father, that is, if you're saved, if you know Him as your heavenly Father, and only those who are saved can call the heavenly Father, Father. Somebody say, well, now, I thought we were all children of God. No, we were all created by God. But only those who have been saved are the children of the Heavenly Father. 
The Bible specifically says those who are outside the pale of faith are children of the devil. You're not a child of God. You're a child of Satan, a child of hell. And so, beloved, we speak to two groups of people today. With all the empathy and love and concern and care of my heart, I want to just tell you clearly, if you've never been saved, you're a child of the devil. You're not on your way to heaven. God loves you. The church loves you. God's people love you. People pray for you. But if you have resisted and rejected the tug of God's Holy Spirit in your heart, you're still in your sins, still without hope, still on the way to hell. But if you do indeed call the Heavenly Father your Father, if you're God's child, then the Scripture says, if you call on the Father who without respect of persons, you see, He doesn't, he doesn't accept us because we're pretty, or handsome or strong or we don't ever sin or we have no weaknesses God receives us without respect of persons because the blood of Jesus Christ God's Son cleanseth from all sin and so he says if you call on the Father then pass the time of your sojourn here in fear and you ought to, ought to mark that in your Bible sojourn you're a pilgrim in this world. You're not a settler. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. We're just sojourners. And so he says, pass the time of your sojourn here in fear. And I tried to figure out, well, now what does he mean by that? And just very briefly, I want to give you Four thoughts as to why I believe he's told us to pass the time of your sojourn here. Number one, because of the way. Now there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. The other day several of us were out witnessing. And uh, we have a wonderful time on Thursday. I think it's the most exciting hour of the week. And we were out sharing about how to be saved. We talked to one very precious man that we care about and love. And he was telling us that he had certain ways that he didn't feel like he was lost. He felt like everything was okay. And when he died, he expected to go to heaven. And yet he has not done what the Word of God says to do. And the Holy Spirit said, before you leave, you give him this word. There is a way that seemeth right unto men, but the end thereof is the way of death. There may be someone within the sound of my voice today who says, well, I'm not, I've never done what you talk about being saved. and I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart, but I think I'm all right. I think I'll end up in heaven. Listen, friend, God says there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Jesus was talking to the disciples one day. They were heartbroken. He was telling about his decease on the cross. And because of their tears and their hurt, Jesus began to say to them, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. 
And whether I go, you know, in the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And I'm so glad Thomas said that. We call Thomas the doubter. But really, he said the words that we would probably have said. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now Simon Peter takes that word from the Lord up. He says, if you call on the Father, if you're saved, pass the time of your sojourn here in fear because of the way. Because of the way of salvation. Look at verses 18 and 19. For as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain manner of life, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear because of the way of your salvation. The only hope we have is the hope in Christ. And if we're saved, we need to walk with the King. Walk in fear. Walk not scared to death, but in the fear of God because of the way of our salvation. That way is the way of the blood. There's no other way but the way of the cross. If we're ever going to be in heaven, we have to go the way of the cross. There's not a Baptist way, and a Catholic way, and a Mormon way, and a Church of Christ way, and a, and a Hindu way, and a Buddhist way, and all that. You know, I hear people, I'm just in amazement. From time to time, we, we sit down and talk about the exclusiveness of Christ, and some will say, well, now, you know, I think if you do the best you can, or if, you keep your, if you're sincere... Uh, if you're a, a sincere Buddhist or a sincere Hindu or if you're a sincere Catholic or you're a sincere Baptist or you're a sincere this or that or the other, everything will be all right. Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And the only way you'll ever get to heaven is because Jesus died for us and you come to Christ and receive Him as your Savior. And so, pass the time of your sojourner, sojourning here in the fear of God because of the way we're saved. Secondly, because of the Word of God. Look at Matthew, I mean, look at 1 Peter 1, verses 24 and 25. All flesh is like grass, and all the glory of man like the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and its flower falleth away, but the Word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. No wonder Paul could say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The word of God is pure and precious. And James tells us, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And so we're to pass the time of our sojourning here in fear <clears throat> Honoring the Word of God, believing what God's Word says. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus founded the church. I want you to notice Matthew 16. And Jesus answered and said unto Simon, after he had said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt 
bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, Jesus founded the church. Now, if the church were founded by human beings, it would have died long ago. You know, I never know how to, how to deal. I never know how to respond to somebody who says, well, the church is dying. <laughs> the church is not dying. This is Jesus' church. Jesus' church doesn't die. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. There are some churches that have more numbers. For example, Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis. Great church. They've just moved into a, I think, a seven or 8,000 seat auditorium where they have two or three services. And last year, I think they baptized about 1,000 people. Wasn't that wonderful? But if you compare church with church, you could go down to Jacksonville, First Baptist Church, and say, well, now look, Jacksonville baptizes 2,000 people. And they have about, uh, oh, they have about eight or 9,000 people in Sunday school. So I guess Bellevue is dying. Or you could go up to Hammond, Indiana and find First Baptist Church there with Dr. Hiles. And you say, well, they have 25,000 in Sunday school. And every year they baptize seven to 10,000 people. And you say, well, I guess First Baptist Church in Jacksonville must be dying because they're not doing what the other churches. You see, you can't compare churches like that. Jesus said, I give to you the church, the key, the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear because of the word of God and the commission, the command that God has given us. And you know none of us has the right to talk about the church dying unless we're right square dab in the middle of the work trying to get the work going. Now Jesus has a wonderful commission, a wonderful plan. And God says, pass the time of your sojourning here in the fear of God. Get at the task. Do the work. Thirdly, go back to 1 Peter again. Not only because of the way and because of the word, but because of the warning. Look in chapter 2, verses beginning with verse 7. Unto you therefore who believe, he is precious. But unto them who are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them who stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Now, beloved, to you who are saved, Jesus is precious. That's the reason we can sing, so precious is Jesus, my Savior, my Lord. He is precious to me. If he's precious to you, live for him, serve him, honor him. But now notice the reverse of that. This scripture says that I have set in Zion a stone. That stone is the head of the corner, Jesus. But he said sometimes people build their lives and they disallow that stone. And they put something else in its place. And that stone, the head corner, Jesus, the stone, 
becomes a stumbling block over which they stumble into hell. Now there's a severe warning here. If you call on the Heavenly Father, and He is yours, and He is precious to you, He is real to you, remember that that same stone that is the head of the corner for you is the stumbling stone over which people stumble into hell. Isn't that terrible? This is paralleled over and over again in the Scripture. Later on in this book, we read that Noah built an ark. And then he says a very strange thing in 1 Peter chapter 3. He says, who at one time were disobedience when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing in which few, that is, eight souls were saved by water, the like figure unto which even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What he's saying here is that the like figure is the ark. Those who were in the ark were saved from the water. Those who were not in the ark were lost. And they died. They perished. But I want you to notice the same water that buoyed up that ark and saved the people is the same water that destroyed those who were not in the ark. The same stone, Jesus Christ, the head of the corner, the same stone which is our salvation. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. The same stone upon which the Christian's life is built is the stone over which men stumble into hell. And I want to ask you this morning, which is it for you? You've heard about Jesus. You've read about Jesus. You've even sung about him. You've come to the services. Somebody has come to visit you. They have knocked on your heart's door. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. You've heard the Son of God speaking to your heart. But you've rejected him. You've said, No, no, no. Now, beloved, that same Jesus, who today will be your Savior if you'll receive him, is the stone over which you're going to stumble into hell. That's what this is saying. And so because of the warning, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. Christians, it's a fearful thing for us to rub elbows all the time, rub shoulders, work in the workaday world, live in the same home, see precious people that are dear to us, and yet they're lost. And that stone, that rock upon which our lives is built is the same rock over which they're going to stumble into heaven. You see, he that believeth on Jesus is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Which group are you in today? You say, well, I've always believed in Jesus. Yeah, the devil does too, and he trembles. Oh, he doesn't even tremble. He's lost. You see, 
To believe in Jesus doesn't mean to just believe about him or believe with your mind. It means to trust yourself in his hands. It means to recognize that he's pure and perfect and we're sinful. And we need something we don't have. And so we come to him and we say, Lord, I need you. I invite you to come into my heart. Last of all, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear because of the walk. Look at verse 9, chapter 2, verse 9. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You see, we're to walk with the king. We're a chosen generation. We're to be different from the world. We're saved to show forth the praises of him who have called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're a people of his own, a chosen people, a holy priesthood. And we're to walk with him and talk with him. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear calling on mine ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. Have you been walking with the king? Have you been talking to the king? Somebody says, well, I have a, a good friend. I really like that friend. And you talk to them, don't you? Sometimes in, in a classroom, I have to call somebody down for talking to somebody. They say, well, I'm just talking to a friend. What kind of friend would it be if you never talked to him? You see, Jesus is our friend. We need to talk to him. We need to walk with him. Spend some time with him. We are a chosen generation, a peculiar people, a holy generation, a holy nation, that we should show forth the praises of him who had called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, beloved, let me ask you to pass the time of our sojourn here in fear. And if you've never given your heart to Christ, would you today just say, Lord, I need you. I want you. I ask you to cleanse me from sin. I want to put my faith in you today. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Our Father, we thank you for the privilege of being in a service like this and the beautiful singing and the Word of God. We pray that someone who has never been saved would open his heart to Christ. This would be God's day of change, of salvation. We thank you that God is able. We pray that even this morning, someone would turn away from self and turn to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. May we stand, please. Come every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the Lord. Number 312. Number 312, Brother Bob Stevenson will come and lead us, please, in this song. This is God's invitation, 312.
When you found that, look at me just a moment, please. God wants to do something in your life today. But you have to let him. He's knocking at your heart's door. He wants to come in. But you have to invite him in. You see, Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't knock the door down and come on in whether you want him or not. There has to be a willingness inside to say, Lord, I need you and I want you. If there's one person in this place today who wants the Lord, you can come to him. Just come. He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Come with your sorrows and your hurts and your burdens, your misunderstandings, all the tragedies that have come to your life. Just come to him. There are some who ought to come today and say, I want to renew my covenant with the Lord. I want to start walking with him. There are some who ought to come and just say, I want to become part of this church fellowship. My membership somewhere else and I want God to use me here. There's somebody that ought to come and say, I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ and trust him as my Savior. While we begin to sing, who would come for the King today? Will you come? Step out. God bless you.